And here we go. Um, it was truly a masterpiece. I don't know about all that. Ugh, absolutely the worst movie ever. Hands down, bar none, the greatest action spectacular ever. Well, uh, the other one just stuck them up. Are you asking me? I promise I'm not going to sing this time around. Welcome to the Don't Be Crazy Podcast. I'm Justin Cavender. With me as always, Mr. Zachary Rancourt. Here we discuss and dissect what makes a film absolutely amazing or just pure rubbish. All that we ask of each other is don't be crazy. Don't be crazy, Zach. I think we all think that the bags <laughs> was a good idea. <laughs> not but how about bangers. <laughs> not farm bangers. Could have been done a little better. <laughs> I can't see fucking shit in this thing. <laughs> Oh my god, that is such a ridiculous scene. I can't believe that that movie is as horrible and, and as graphic as that movie is. I laugh so goddamn much in that movie. It's really a random scene in that when you know you have the KKK, like the worst thing ever, getting ready to ride on these people and they're having this ridiculous conversation about not being able to see out of their bags. But I think it's so smart because it's making fun of just the ridiculousness of the KKK in general. It's like... These are fucking assholes. So it's it's really it's a very comical scene. I will yeah, say, nails it, knocks Damn. it out of the park, the Petco Park. Boom, baby, go. we'll be there soon. <laughs> I'm so excited. It'll be my first time at Petco Park. I know that you did a zombie run there. You were well, running all over the place, chasing zombies or running away from them. I should say. Yeah, I had to do the spin and move. <laughs> <laughs> the spin and move. Hit the B. You hit the B button there. Oh man, it was nuts. Fucking yeah. them zombies is everywhere. And then, you know, goddammit, I got... So the first time I did it, it was like 45 minutes. You run down the whole... You run literally around the entire park, and you go up the bleachers, down the bleachers, you're inside. It's it's nuts. And there's and there's obstacles and, and end-of-the-world type stuff. And I was a wheezing heart attack waiting to happen by the time it was over. And then, so the next year, I was all physically fit, and I'd worked out, and I was down to, like, my, my fighting weight and looking all good, looking like a superstar. <laughs> and then... They cut it in half. It's like down to like 20 minutes now. And I, I was like, the <laughs> fuck, man? I've been like trained my whole life. I mean, like the last 365 days for this. And you and were training with short. Apollo Creed on the beach yeah. for that stuff. <laughs> Dude, I felt cheated. <laughs> well, we can we can relive it this uh, this weekend when I'm there. If you man, want. <laughs> total buzzkill. I didn't even break a sweat. I was I was looking good. Oh, well. You're in too, go- too good of shape there. Yes, I think that was the problem. They probably <laughs> someone probably died, and because it, it was really <laughs> exhausting, and they're like, "Fuck, we we need to have waivers, and we need to cut this thing in half." It was a real zombie, see? Yeah, yeah. See. Anyway, what have you been up to? Uh, not much, man. Uh, I had a birthday on uh, last last Friday. <laughs> had some cake. I did it's have some cake good. actually. It's, it's pretty good. I got an ice cream cake, and uh, I don't know if you've had a Dairy Queen ice cream cake in a while, but holy shit, that is an underrated birthday item. I was very happy with it. So I had a party at my house, a lot of people over, and it was a blast, man. And we had probably like fifteen to twenty people. Uh, luckily, everyone was vaccinated, which is really rad. But uh, yeah, we were super cool about everything. Uh, broke out in random song. We were having dance parties. It just was a good night. And then followed it up with a really good Saturday and Sunday. Spent a lot of time outdoors. Um, I, was, I cycled 34 miles on Friday. And then I hiked uh, like eight miles on Sunday. And then I paddleboarded. So yeah, just being active, enjoying the sun. I think it was like 75 degrees out here. So really, really cool. Really good weekend. But um, 
I did watch a few things while I was while I was uh, had some downtime. Did, did you did you ever watch the Harley Quinn animated series on HBO Max? No, um, it's really funny. So it, it recommended it to me and it's not a it looks like a kid show on the cover. It is not. Uh, they say the F word like 17 times in the first Whoa. like five minutes and then there's tons of blood, but it's really funny and it's really well done. So I watched two episodes of it and I absolutely love it. I think it is so awesome. And they use the I don't know who the voice actor is for Bane, but they use the I'm going to blow up Gotham and blah, 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 like that kind. Mm-hmm. And uh, but he's he's just a bumbling idiot and he's just a pushover like the Joker Monkey makes him his work. Bitch. Yeah. <laughs> I wish they would have used that one, but <laughs> he, he died. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember yeah. that. Yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, that was like sad. right when the movie was released. Yeah, but uh, this Bane is funny. And like he says, they're like, Bane, you need to stop saying you're going to blow up everything if you don't like it. Remember what you said about the stadium? And he's like, they wouldn't let me into the game. I'm going to blow up the stadium. <laughs> <So> <laughs> he says that about everything. And so they wouldn't like something happened at the bar mitzvah. He's like, I'm going to blow up this bar mitzvah. <laughs> Just. I don't know. It was great. So then I watched that. I watched the Mighty Ducks Game Changers. Um, it's so fucking cheesy, but I keep watching it. It is very, very cheesy, but uh, whatever. Um, I watched the movie Clue again for like the umpteenth time, and I absolutely love that movie. <laughs> My favorite Knives Out movie. <laughs> yeah, I know. I like I like that. That was funny. <laughs> it is. Uh, it is so good, though. One plus two plus two plus one. And then um, this this person sent me Candyman on Blu-ray because I was Ooh. talking about Candyman. And that person was you. <laughs> Did you like it? Oh, my God. I loved it. The music, man. Uh, I, I'm really bad. I'm tone deaf. So but it's like. Yeah, it's like. Or whatever. Um, holy shit, it is creepy. And it's such an interesting horror film because y- you feel for Candyman because it's like he was a guy that was. You know, he's a victim of a hate crime. You know, he hated it. And it was. It's such an interesting film for for black cinema because there's this lore behind it and all these uh, urban legends and such. But holy shit, Tony Todd is fantastic in it. And he doesn't even show up until, you know, like halfway through the movie. But once he does, you're just like, oh, boy, this is gory. <laughs> and yeah, you're like, I, whoa, Candyman, yeah. relax, take your coat off. Yeah. Hang out for a bit. <laughs> holy, holy buckets, man. It, uh, it is cool. So I'm very excited for the new one that comes out. I don't know when it, it's going to be released. I think it got pushed from June to like probably August or September of this year. But uh, very, very excited because the new one is um, Nia Costa. I think not Nia Costa. Nia Costa. I think she's doing it. Uh, she's directing it and uh, Jordan Peele's producing it. But it's a sequel to... Wrote- yeah. Oh, cool. okay, cool. There we go. So it's a sequel follow up to the first one. Um, Yaya Abdul Mahin, I think is his name. He is playing um, young uh, Anthony, which was the the baby that mm-hmm. was uh, taken by Candyman and all that kind of stuff. But really, really good. I loved the shit out of it. So thank you for that movie. I am very happy that I own it. Yeah. Uh, according to IMDb, it's expected to come out on August 27th. Okay, so yeah, a few more months, but I think it originally said June, but obviously, you know, everything gets pushed back. So. Sure. But yeah, that's all I really watch, man. What did uh, what did you get up to this uh, th- this week off? Uh, I didn't do a whole lot. So after we recorded last week's episode, we were we were 
quoting Fargo. So I was like, God damn it, oh, now God. I got to watch Fargo. So I immediately <laughs> turned it on after we were done recording. And it was oh, She's so a funny. super, super lady there, Mark. <laughs> Such a super lady. Such a super oh, lady. Oh, my God. <laughs> Love it. Uh, I always liked you. <laughs> <laughs> she just keeps drinking. It's so funny. Oh, uh-huh. my God. So Fargo. Watch Fargo. Love it. It's so good. And uh, I've been plowing through the Seinfeld day. And uh, I started subscribing to Peacock on Friday. I needed something to watch. And so uh, I opted in for the Peacock. And I just started plowing through Battlestar Galactica. And uh, done with the first season. Watched the miniseries, which is like three hours. And then I just finished season one today. And uh, got a couple more to go. Uh, I've seen it all before. I watched it when it was airing. It was pretty nuts. Uh, Mm -hmm. But I haven't since watched it. So I'm looking forward to this whole rewatch. And then I watched SWAT on, I don't know, Netflix or something. And uh, I hadn't seen it since the theater, and it's still pretty <laughs> lame, but it I laugh. It's, it's fine. And then I watched The Heavenly Kid, which is a fun 80s movie. Let's check it out. It's got uh, Doug Masters in it. <laughs> really? Fun. Jason yeah. Gedrick? Jason Gedrick, yeah. <laughs> so cool. I watched that, yeah. And uh, that's about it. Right on, Easy man. peasy. Are you ready to talk about this week's movie? I am so excited to talk about this week's movie. Yeah, it's a good one. We've been, I've been wanting to do this one for a while. Uh, so I'm glad we finally tackled this. So we're doing Blade. It is streaming on HBO Max. And it has a 120 minute runtime. Two hours. Got you for three minutes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. It's <laughs> directed by Stephen Norrington. Excuse me, who you might know from the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, The Last Minute, and Death Machine. I have no idea what those other two are. (laughs) I was going to say, I don't know those other two. (laughs) But uh, I know League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Uh, It was written by David S. Goyer, which is fantastic. You might know him from Dark City, which is a pretty badass movie. And I wish it was streaming because I'd love to watch that again. Mm -hmm. Uh, Blade 2, Batman Begins, and Man of Steel fan of the David S. Goyer. Uh, the film stars Wesley Snipes, Stephen Dorff, Chris Christopherson, Nabush... Is it Nabushi? Is it Nabush? Uh, Nabush, right? Sure. Nabushi. I'm just saying Nabushi. Okay. Yeah. And Donald Luge. Uh, he's fantastic. I like that guy a lot. Uh, it has a Rotten Tomato score of 55%. Uh, and of course, the audience actually enjoys it a little bit more. It's at 78%. Uh, looking through the the uh, reviews here, Michael Wilmington of the Chicago Tribune. We know those folks from Chicago just hate movies. Blade <laughs> is often ridiculous, mostly poorly written, and surprisingly, poorly acted too. Oh. Hmm. I don't know about all that. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Chris Stuckman from ChrisStuckman.com says, not only is this an important movie for comic book films in general, it's just a fucking blast. I agree. And I like Chris Stuckman. I watch his YouTube channel a lot. He goes, get Stuckmanized. Oh, shit. (laughs) I got Stuckmanized once. (laughs) I I had to get another shot. (laughs) It's crazy. Had to wait two weeks. (laughs) Get the (laughs) hips. Three minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> anyway, I had a budget of $45 million. Opening weekend, it did $17 million. That was on August 23rd, 1998. And it grossed $70 million here in the United States. 
and it got up to a whopping 131 million worldwide. There you go. Right on. Smashing success. Enough to warrant two sequels. Mm-hmm. There you go. Cool. Trivia time? Is that what Let's I'm do doing it. next? All right. So when David S. Goyer first pitched the idea of doing a Blade movie, the executives of New Line felt there were only three actors who could possibly do the role. Wesley Snipes, Denzel Washington, and Lawrence Fishburne. Interesting choices. But in Goyer's mind, Snipes was always the perfect choice for the character of Blade. And I absolutely agree. I know we're going to talk about that later, but I cannot see a Denzel or a Larry Fishburne doing this film. In updating the vampire lore, Stephen Norrington and David S. Goyer decided that crosses wouldn't work against vampires, citing, what if a vampire was Jewish? (laughs) Why would a cross work against him? (laughs) Pretty logical reason. (laughs) Yeah. Um, You you should stop pointing that cross at me. (laughs) (laughs) Blade's car is a 1968 Dodge Charger with various modifications. I did like his car a lot. It was cool. In the scene where Blade is chased on the or to the subway and the subway train is passing by, all the passengers are cardboard cutouts with a special FX man among them. Cool. Jet Li was offered the part of Deacon Frost, but opted to do Lethal Weapon 4 instead. Fascinating. That would have been a really cool battle. They would have had more than just a couple parries for sword fights. It would have been a lot of high-flying kicks and whatnot. So. Yeah, because yeah, they both do martial arts. Yeah. Do you know that Wesley Snipes was in such good shape that in Demolition Man during like the fight scenes, he needed to slow it down because he was going so fast that like whoever directed that was like, you need to slow down so we can actually capture it. But I mean, he's just such a a well-trained martial artist that he was kicking Stallone's ass basically. Wow. So pretty cool. stuff. I did not know that. Yeah, I did not know that, man. But, <laughs> Simon um, Phoenix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love the Simon Phoenix. With his blonde hair. Was it blonde? Yeah, he had, like ble- yeah, blonde hair it. in that movie. Yeah. It's bleached. <laughs> Karen was originally going to be played by a white actress, but Wesley Snipes encouraged them to cast a black actress. And that is very important. I'm glad that they did that. The success of this film, especially since it followed the derided Batman and Robin in 1997, is often considered the beginning of the rise of the superhero genre to become a dominant one in mainstream film. Very cool. So if you have not seen Blade Runner 2049, here's a synopsis of of the movie. In 1967, a pregnant woman is attacked by a vampire, causing her to go into premature labor. Doctors are able to save her baby, but the woman dies of an unknown infection. 30 years later, the child has become the vampire hunter Blade, who is a human vampire hybrid that possesses the supernatural abilities of the vampires without any of their weaknesses, except weak ankles, except for the requirement to consume human blood. Blade raids a Los Angeles rave club owned by the vampire Deacon Frost. Police take one of the vampires to the hospital where he kills Dr. Curtis Webb and feeds on a hematologist, Karen Johnson, and escapes. Blade takes Karen to the safe house where she is treated by his old friend, Abraham Whistler. Whistler explains that he and Blade have been waging a secret war against the vampires using weapons based on their elemental weaknesses, such as sunlight, silver, and garlic. As Karen is now marked by the bite of a vampire, both he and Blade tell her to leave the city. Meanwhile, at the meeting of the meanwhile, at a meeting of the council of pure blood vampire elders, Frost, the elder of a faction of younger vampires is rebuked for trying to incite war between vampires and humans as frost and his kind are not natural born vampires. They are considered socially inferior in response. Frost has one of the elders executed and strips the others of their authority. Returning to her apartment, Karen is attacked by police officer Krager 
who is a familiar, a human loyal to vampires. Blade subdues Krieger and uses his information from him to locate an archive that contains pages from the Vampire Bible. He comes upon Pearl, a morbidly obese vampire, and tortures him with a UV light into revealing that Deacon wants to command a ritual where he would use 12 pure blood vampires to awaken the blood god La Magra, and Blade's blood is the key. Later at the hideout, Blade injects himself with a special serum that suppresses his urge to drink blood. However, the serum is beginning to lose its effectiveness due to overuse. Krieger informs Frost of what happened, and Frost kills Krieger. While experimenting with the anticoagulant EDTA as a possible replacement, Karen discovers that it explodes when combined with vampire blood. She manages to synthesize a vaccine that can cure the infected, but learns that it will not work on Blade. Karen is confident that she can cure Blade's bloodthirst, but it would take her years of treating it. Frost and his men attack the hideout, infect Whistler, and abduct Karen. When Blade returns, he helps Whistler commit suicide. When Blade attempts to rescue Karen from Frost's penthouse, he is shocked to find his still alive mother who reveals that she became or that she came back the night she was attacked and was brought in by Frost, who appears and reveals himself as the vampire who bit her. Blade is then subdued and taken to the Temple of Eternal Night, where Frost plans to perform the summoning ritual for Lamagra. Karen is thrown into a pit to be devoured by Webb, who has transformed into a decomposing zombie like creature. Karen injures Webb and escapes. Blade is drained of his blood, but Karen allows him to drink from her, enabling him to recover. Frost completes the ritual and obtains the powers of La Magra. Blade confronts Frost after killing all of his minions, including his mother. During their fight, Blade injects Frost with all of the syringes. The overdose of EDTA then causes his body to inflate and explode, killing him. Karen offers to help Blade cure himself, but instead he asks her to create an improved version of the serum so he can continue his crusades against vampires. In a a brief epilogue, Blade confronts a vampire in Moscow. And that's Blade. Good Good movie. Yeah. Yeah. And it's sad. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So when did you first see Blade and were you aware of the source material? So probably back in like 1999 ish, because in 98, I was 11. So, yeah, around 99, maybe I was like 12. But kind of like Liddell was talking about this on Desperado. There were certain movies I remember, but uh, I definitely saw it on stars just because, you know, they had the movies. So I watched it on stars when I was about 12. Um, I had no idea that it was a comic book film because I don't believe it said Marvel at the start of the movie. I could be wrong. I wasn't actually paying attention this time around. But um, yeah, no idea what it was. And I used to watch the Spider-Man, the animated series all the time. You know, the spider blood, spider blood. Right. And I, I remember he chased down Morbius in that movie, but he it, it did not ring a bell to me. And so I never put two and two together. Um, yeah, I thought it was, like, you know, I thought it was like it, it terrified me. Like I told you, I think earlier on a previous podcast that Pearl, the scene with Pearl just scared the shit <laughs> yeah. out of me when I was a kid. <laughs> I, I couldn't stand that because, you know, he's like screaming and I hate his scream. I hate when he's all toasty and oh, yeah, it was gnarly. Yeah, yeah. edgy, bro. <laughs> I, so <laughs> I saw it opening weekend uh, with my buddy Gene and uh, we enjoyed it. I, I had very little expectations when I went inside and <clears throat> when it was over, I was like, holy shit, this movie's awesome. Did you know it was a comic book? Uh, I knew not so funny story i actually found out it was a comic while sitting in the theater waiting for it to start uh gene gene informed me that it was based on a comic book 
And I was like, really? <laughs> and so uh, after it was over, I went and explored Blade comics. But nice. I had no idea up until moments before the movie started that it was based on a comic book. So I had <laughs> no prior knowledge of, of what a, a Blade was or who he hung out with or what his favorite movies were or any of that stuff. Uh, it just wasn't in the cards. Yeah. But yeah, literally moments before the movie started. You know, this is a comic book, right? <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Gentlemen, you had my curiosity. Now yeah. <laughs> exactly. So now, do you, Zachary Dale 60, believe in vampires? Do you believe that they once existed or currently walk among us? Have you ever seen a man, woman, or non-binary individual conduct <laughs> themselves in a suspicious way that led you to believe they are a creature of the night? This includes, but is not limited to, nocturnal behavior, pointed teeth, and or drinking blood. <laughs> Have you ever seen someone burn up in direct sunlight or melt away from just a splash of holy water? Perhaps they dined in an Italian restaurant and asked for no garlic. <laughs> Hold the garlic. Hold the garlic, Zach. <laughs> have you Zachary Dale 60 ever seen any of these behaviors in this or any past lifetime amen uh yeah I I, I dig the scene <laughs> so <laughs> um that's awesome by the way um you know I don't like garlic Justin so maybe I'm a vampire I absolutely Hold the garlic, <laughs> I absolutely despise garlic, but the thing about it is because I'm such a polite person, uh, if someone makes me food and it has garlic, I'll still eat it. But don't don't find me being like, yeah, give me this garlic bread with extra smashed garlic on it. Yeah, <laughs> I'll take a garlic bread. Hold the garlic, please. <laughs> hold the garlic, Zach. I'll take a scotch and scotch and water. Hold the scotch. But yeah. <laughs> did you just make a joke, Bobby? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, you know, I, I, I never. So I'm sorry, I was laughing too much. The question was, am I a fan? Well, yeah. The question is, are you a fan of vampires? Ultimately, <laughs> um, yeah. Vampire movies are, are are so great, and and there are so many out there. There are a lot of stupid ones, but um, everything you just said, like the garlic and the, and then the nighttime thing, the the sexual thing, the the reflection, all that kind of stuff that we we see in those films. Um, or even or like the books and stuff too. Yeah, are so great. The whole gothic idea is great. I think that South Park episode was so funny. The goths versus the vamp kids. <laughs> I mean, right. There was a point when I was in high school that that was a big thing when Twilight came out, and you know people wanted to be vampires. Um, so I would just get some holy water and be like, get, go on and get. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So so you know we've done previous episodes of of Don't Be Crazy on you know the Lost Boys, Thirty Days of Night. And now Blade, all three of which have a unique take on vampires. Would you say that one of these movies uh, best represents your idea of vampires? Or is there another one we haven't mentioned that you think cracked the right formula? Um, I'm sure there are some that I'm not thinking of, like Buffy like the Vampire vampires. or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fucking James Woods. Fuck that guy. Uh, I'd Let's say... Let's vampires. Oh, boy. Said something dumb like that. <laughs> I know. Uh, no, I, I'd say Lost Boys and Blade are are incredible because they, they give that that mythos for vampires. And um, my favorite thing in, in them, and I think we talked about this on the Lost Boys episode, was how you kill a vampire. And it's great when when you find out, you know, the Frog Brothers are like, let's use holy water, let's use garlic, let's use this. And then you find out 
Kiefer Sutherland's like, that doesn't work in this. That's only in storybooks. And uh, in Blade, Whistler says the same kind of shit. He's like, don't use holy water or don't use crosses. They don't do shit, right? And I think that that's so interesting um, when people can make the vampire rules and, 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 and amend them in certain ways. But yeah, I don't really... I can't think of any better examples, honestly, than Lost Boys and Blade just off the top of my head. But I I really did enjoy those as kind of like a how you do this sort right. of thing. Yeah, like but, a almost like a, a tutorial in the event yes. that you exist in a world with vampires. Take this knowledge with you and maybe you'll survive. Just go to an Italian an Italian restaurant and get a lot of garlic bread. See? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen interview with a vampire <laughs> so and i like you know i like interview with a vampire but it's just a slower film obviously because it's based off you know in, in and it's Anne rice right Anne rice it's book. a book with a lot of pages <laughs> it's not a pop-up book either <laughs> but like those are those are great movies but that's not it's not the type of vampire movie that i that i want that i'm just gonna sit back and have fun and it's like a how to survive a vampire battle yeah so interview the vampire it was just stakes in the heart sunlight and fire was gonna be a problem yeah exactly and this one was fucking not steel and or silver and garlic and i mean he like made garlic tip bullets and all that shit or yeah daggers and stuff they used that cool ebtd shit that made the the blood crazy right uh and also beheadings too uh you Mm -hmm. know if if he cut off their head then they would disappear into nothingness like when he kills Donald Logan, he just uses the fucking like wire. <laughs> it's so cool. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that. man. Yeah. So I can't think of any better examples necessarily. Twilight is I, I won't even talk about that. Carlisle. Carlisle. <laughs> That's my favorite line ever. Oh, so good. It's like, man, why is he looking at me like that? Oh, boy. It's so sexual and violent. <laughs> so yeah. uh, Wesley Snipes freaking crushes it as Blade. Uh, that opening underground club scene was critical in selling Blade as a no-nonsense, ass-kicking vampire slayer. Were you bought in from the get-go and along for the ride, or did you need more convincing? No, man, I was totally bought in. Just because it's so interesting, he goes into the club, you know, and, and people are kind of bumping into him and stuff. And he's like, "What the fuck, right? I need a drink." Blah blah blah, and then all the blood comes down. And that scared the shit out of me when I was a kid. But as soon as you see the black boots and you're like, oh, is this a bad guy? But then all of a sudden the music stops, the people kind of look and you hear the rumblings like, that's him. Is that him? You know, the, his reputation precedes itself sort of thing. And then Daywalker. He, yeah, Daywalker. <laughs> then he just goes fucking ham. And Wesley Snipes still looks like one of the coolest superheroes ever. Um, I actually watched this really cool video after this about how, you know, his old costume used to be really colorful. I think he had like a green cape and all that kind of stuff, but they, they went completely black for this costume and a lot more, you know, darker noir look immediately following this was like the X-Men movie, which I think came out like the next year or two years after. Uh, and they, they ditched the colorful costumes for a more, a darker kind of, you know, toned down look. And you see that a lot in different types of superhero films or action films where it's just a more, uh, monochromatic color but he just he absolutely crushed it and the opening fight scene is so great because he uses a variety of weapons he uses the swords he uses the stakes he uses his gun and then he finally it has that like almost hand-to-hand combat sword battle towards the end when all those guys could have all those vampires easily could have just shot him but they want to take him on one by one and he just rules ass basically 
So yeah. it was abs. I was hooked hook, line and sinker uh, immediately in that in that opening scene. It was so cool. And I feel like he invented the superhero pose landing. <laughs> he, he definitely. No, he did. You're absolutely right. He definitely did. Because uh, at the end, in the, in the temple, when he lands like that and kind of looks up, that was I mean, that was following. That was by new, him. right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like yeah. that was the first time we've seen that. He's like, Frost. I was like, <laughs> yeah. oh, my God, this is awesome. Yeah. I know he I mean, he has so many amazing moments in this film that are, are so subtle that I remember like when he grabs the sword and he he like after he kills people, he puts it down to his right side and they twist his arm like his forearm. I don't know why. I think it's probably just a cool samurai thing to do or when he's running after Frost and dragging the sword behind his back. Very much like Oren Ishii and stuff. Yeah. Uh, ninja style. Oh, my God. So fucking cool. Uh, but. Absolutely, man. I, I, I think I think Wesley Snipes crushed it in this movie. You know what I like most about it is it's not an origin story. He's here. Like everyone knows who Blade is and he's been right. kicking ass for a long time. Right. And we don't have to worry about yes, but where did he get his training and where does he buy his bullets and how do you fit the garlic in the bullets? And it's just it's there. It exists. And I'm all for that. I can't stand an origin story because for the very reason that it takes 45 minutes to an hour before they even like have their, their costume or their, you know, they're on the right path and it's just a waste of time. I like for most people, they didn't even know it was from a comic book and they didn't even have to, they just had to just fucking sit there, shut the fuck up and watch Wesley Snipes murder vampires. And that was all there was to it. And it's great that there's action in the first five minutes of the film. Like it's not, you know, it's not a slow, slow burn or anything. It's just, you're like something funky is going down in Chinatown and then it go, yeah. gets all crazy. It's all, one, oomph, of my, oomph, oomph. one of my secret favorite lines is when he goes to the hospital and the cop shooting. He goes, motherfucker, are you serious? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so funny. funny. <laughs> oh, man, it's funny. But anyways, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty good. And I like it when he slices Frost in half and then he's, and he comes back together and he's like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh man, that's funny. Yeah. Oh, I I like the Wesley Snipes. He's he's good people. Mm-hmm. I like him in White Man Can't Jump. I like him in Passenger Fifty Seven. Yeah. <laughs> he's like he's like give me was like uh like uh Agent Del Vecchio. Like mm-hmm. how you spell it? He's like I don't know D E L Vecchio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pretty funny. So let's talk about Steven Dorff. You mentioned him earlier. This guy has nearly 100 IMDb credits, but I've only ever seen him in a handful of movies, uh, most notably City of Industry, Blade, Deuces Wild, and The Immortals. Um, do you like his role as Deacon Frost, or would you have liked to seen, or and would you like to see more of Steven Dorff? So the only movies I remember him from were the film adaptation of The Power of One, and there was this movie. Oh, fuck. I can't remember what it's called now. I so I won't even actually reference it. But then he was also in one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life. It was called Alone in the Dark. Me and my friend Monaco talk about it all the time. It had Christian Slater, Tara Reed, and him. And it was based off the video game Alone in the Dark. But it was an Uwe Boll film. Oh, um, yeah. He makes yeah. bad movies. <laughs> yeah. It was. Uh, I saw it in theaters. It was one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life. And uh, that was those that are, King oh, movie with Jason Statham. I forget what it's called. Uwe Boll. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. In the name of the King. Yeah. That's in the a, name of the King. Yeah. With Ray Liotta in it and Marlon Wayans, I think was. Oh, man, it's bad. So, yes. How does he um, get all these people? Uh, he's he's just I don't know. He just a has a lot of money. Siege tale. Yeah. He just has a lot of money somehow. But um, 
He likes the video games there too. But uh, yeah, Stephen Dorff, those are the things I remember him from. And I think he absolutely crushed it as Deacon Frost. Um, He kind of had that fun goth look, but also he's a piece of shit. He played evil pretty goddamn well. And I feel like that's how Stephen Dorff is. Um, I, the, the last thing that I, most recent thing that I saw him in was uh, true detective season three opposite Mahershala Ali. He, um, he played his partner and that was fun. Cause you got to see him progress through the years. Like, cause they, they aged and stuff, right. but, um, uh, he, he did a very good job in that role, but I, I do remember Steven Dorff. So. Yeah. I think it's cool. Yeah. I, I, I really like him a lot. And plus I love the name Deacon Frost. It's such a cool name. Right. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty good. That's like, oh, my should go sit. So let's address the world building. I was just talking about it. Like, like, did this film have the right mix of plot and lore? Or would you have liked to have learned more about the universe, this universe of vampires? Like, we obviously ended up with multiple sequels, which offered plenty more in regards to the world building. But let's pretend that this was a one and done. No more Blade. Did you get your vampire lore fix? Or were you thirsty for more? Um, I, I think they did a really... A really good job with it because I think everyone kind of knows the basic tale of Dracula and vampires, you know, the garlic, the holy water, the crosses and all that. So Hold it was the garlic, fu- Zach. <laughs> it was funny for them to debunk that, you know, and, and, and change that up. That's why Lost Boys was cool, too. So I think this movie works so well because as soon as it starts, you know, we see that the fangs and the blood were like, oh, shit, these, these vampires, these some scary vampires. And he comes in and just rules ass everywhere. But just like a, you know, a John Wick movie or, or, or Dread where they don't have to world build, you just accept it for how it is. I think it's 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 amazing. And, you know, obviously we both really like John Wick and Dread because you get down to business right away. You don't have to do no story building, no three arc, you know, film just to get to where you need to go. It's it covers all the bases and it's just a fun action movie. And I think they they, they nail it with this. So I, I'm OK with them not using oh, not using a ton of exposition because the vampire lore is in there. I mean, they even talk about, you know, like La Magra and, and, and whatnot and say, oh, yeah, you're a half breed. You know, you're a mudblood. You need to be a yeah. you know, full blood right? little mudblood. <laughs> yeah, I kept calling people who are only half vax mudbloods. <laughs> so, but the uh, one shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, mudblood. Yeah, but, um, I, you know, I, I really enjoyed that. They, they kind of dug into that, too, and showed various methods of, of how you can kill them and uh, this whole underground network. I mean, how they even had little lines saying, oh, you know, they, they own the police, basically. And there's these familiars, you know, like after he beats up Krager or whatever, he explains the the familiar thing to her. And it's so simple. It's not a it's not a really long, drawn out scene. He's like kicking his ass while explaining familiars. So mm-hmm. that was that was really cool to see. Sure. I think uh, I think Fury Road does a good job of doing that, too. I don't think you need to see any previous Mad Max movies to enjoy Fury Road. I think absolutely that you can just hop right on in and enjoy the ride. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Witness me. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, I witnessed you last week. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to get it this time because. <laughs> told me to watch before and and you failed so starting to feel like a voyeur there well <laughs> peeping tom be better i guess is what i'm saying 
So Whistler's an interesting character, a father figure to Blade, and he teaches us, you know, the viewers, everything we need to know about Blade's arsenal, affliction, and the war on vampires. Uh, was his death necessary? We've seen this before, where the hero needs to lose their mentor before they can defeat the big bad. You know, Ben Kenobi, Professor Dumbledore, fucking Rocky's trainer, Mickey. Um, you know, why do we see this over and over? So I don't think his death was necessary. Um, spoiler alert, he comes back in the second one. What? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so does Ron Perlman. So does Hellboy. But I, you know, I don't, um, I, I didn't think it was necessary. It was kind of, you, you kind of knew it was going to happen though. He, he He's all gimpy and bum leg and such. And what's he going to do? One shotgun against a whole bunch of vamps. So it was pretty typical for one of these movies. But the one thing I'll say is um, it kind of humanized Blade a little bit because he looked like he wanted to cry. But actually, this viewing, um, what I think I realized, and I may be off base on it, so correct me if I'm wrong. But when Whistler was was bleeding from the neck and Blade had a hard time looking at him and a hard time, you know, patching up his blood, I think he was looking at it because he's like, I'm I don't want to be tempted. Right. Like, I don't want to be tempted by all this blood. Um, yeah, that sounds right. Okay, so he didn't want him to kill himself, but he also understands what Whistler meant to him. And he's like, you know, I also don't want to see you suffer. So I think there was some that was a good humanizing moment. But in certain movies, it, it gets it gets a little tiring. Like you said, the Ben Kenobi, Professor Dumbledore and, and the Mickey thing. Yeah, I mean, I, I saw this from a mile away. So that's probably one of the only gripes I really had about it, because I remember, you know, first watching it, I was like, whatever, dude. Like I knew he was going <laughs> to die. It was or like Roadhouse, right? Like listen here, Miho. Right. I mean, same right. fucking thing. Sam Elliott. He's he's good at karate, but he could have been better. And then he wouldn't have died. And then he gets Spoiler fucking stabbed alert. in the back. <laughs> like he didn't he didn't pull his hair in a ponytail tight enough. So yeah. it's just uh, that same kind of shit. Like it's like the mentor, you know, and then you come out for revenge. That's that's usually how it works. I, I wish there was a different formula that they could use as a plot device. But whatever it happens. Yeah, movies, baby, movies. Yeah, seeing them how they do in the talkies. Yeah. (laughs) So the fight scenes were pretty badass in this movie. Uh, We as we mentioned, Wesley Snipes was looking all kinds of good, pounding face and murdering creatures of the night. Uh, Between the opening club scene, the the Asian club where they ultimately met Pearl, uh, the subway escape, the failed rescue attempt, and the final showdown, did you have a favorite fight scene? So it's really hard to beat that opening because, like we just said, you know, it's it's such a great intro for for Blade. Um, it really sets the tone for the rest of the film because, I mean, you know, there's like six other fights just like that. And he I would imagine Wesley Snipes did his own stunts. I mean, his hand hand combat is so great. It's I love everything about it. The one thing I will say is it's very interesting that these vampires are fighting him and they're just getting punched because I'm wondering how much that would actually hurt for them to get punched and kick kicked i feel like they're since they're all super powered i know blade is the same too i don't know it's like whenever someone fights superman i'm like are you it, it, i feel like just this this is a war of attrition you guys are just gonna keep slugging it out but i don't know i could be wrong so i really love the opening int- intro fight scene but i think the final fight scene is is probably my favorite just because he goes super ham on everybody kills donald logue super quick it's his sunglasses and then just beats the shit out of everybody and you get that amazing battle with Frost 
where he throws all those uh, uh, serums at him. And then the final line when he's like, some motherfuckers always trying to ice skate uphill. And instead of just throwing the thing, he decides to, to roundhouse kick it into his head. I thought that was so great. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the perfect sign off for for. Hey, man, middle finger. Here you go. <laughs> I almost did a fugitive bit asking if you've ever ice skated uphill, <laughs> but I couldn't think of anything even remotely funny to follow up with that. So I went the other uphill in a two mile radius. <laughs> <laughs> I went with the preacher man talking about vampire. That's <laughs> so good. <laughs> the holy water, see? But um, yeah, yeah uh, I, I, I don't I mean, the subway scene was was pretty cool, but it was. I like the close space of the subway scene. I thought yeah. I liked the, how it was claustrophobic. I thought that was cool, and just the lighting, uh, especially when they're chasing after him in the in the tunnel. Right, the, the lights from the subway. I thought that was kind of neat. Right, right, right. I so I think there's something to be said, which is so great about um, you know big bads. When I'll just say this, Donald Logue was was a very interesting choice as like the henchman because. I don't know if you, you know that guy from other things. He is not an, an action star or menacing star. So it was very interesting for him to be there. But I really like when a bad guy is talking all this shit and be like, oh, this is the famous blade. I've been waiting. I've been training my entire life for this, blah, 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 blah. And then he gets like he gets close to him and then Blade just kills him in one blow or something. I, right. I love that kind of shit. It's so anticlimactic that you're like. That was pretty badass. <laughs> yeah, there was yeah. a there was another vampire that was twirling around some swords or something, and he just shoots her. I was like, okay. yeah, <laughs> very Indiana, Indiana Jones esque. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So um, I totally like it, but yeah, yeah I only it's... know him from uh, Sons of Anarchy and uh, Gotham. That's the only thing I really know him from. He was in a show too, and I can't remember what it was called. It wasn't Arrested Development. It was something something, but. Um, He's a funny guy. It's just, it was a very interesting choice to have him as like a, a, a big bad. But mm-hmm. I mean, I guess it worked, but I couldn't keep looking past his comedic side. And I was right. kind of like, I like how he always got hurt. He lost a yeah. hand, like an arm, he got burned. <laughs> just always something. Yeah. Yeah. Get burned Getting something. Tired, tired of killing you or whatever. Yeah. That was yeah. funny. So, man, the Rizzo's having to freak out. Uh, so when Blade drops Karen off at her apartment, he instructs her to be careful as vampires are everywhere. She quickly notices the glyph tattoos on the back of the necks of two people entering the elevator with her. Uh, you're a pretty observant fellow. Have you ever noticed strange markings either on a person or a building and wondered if there was something fishy going on? Like maybe you have crossed over into the seedy underbelly of demons, vampires or otherwise? <laughs> so yeah i mean when i was in when i was in barcelona uh they stay up really late in spain you know pam in spain they don't eat until about nine o'clock <laughs> so <laughs> when in um, rome <laughs> when in rome yeah uh so it, when i was in barcelona i i did a tour with this this gal that i met there and she took us around at like two or three in the morning around the gothic quarter of barcelona and it was super creepy uh she was telling us stories about literally like you know real vampires basically it was like their candy man basically and so when we walked by certain houses and stuff there were things sketched in the wall that she was trying to tell us you know these are these are symbols for who was a vampire and who wasn't blah 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 or something along those lines and it was uh it was pretty freaky she's like yeah you know don't go down these streets at night and um, i mean i was out of my element i'm like okay cool i'm fine without going down there so i think that was really interesting 
Uh, same thing when I was in like Granada in Nicaragua, there were certain streets they, cause they had open air markets, but there were certain streets that if you turn down, you clearly shouldn't have gone down as a tourist. Um, I usually am pretty savvy about how I can do things. And so I did walk down, you know, was that place in Diagon Alley where Harry goes? That's like super dark. It was basically that. <laughs> so yeah, I, I was trying to think of it this whole time and I couldn't think of the name of the, yeah i can't remember either but so i i found places like that but i was able to escape it pretty easily just you know find a different corner and uh, luckily it was like you know the daylight for when i was in nicaragua when i was a kid though too growing up uh, there was a by my middle school we had we had a lot of gang members um in my in my hometown Nocturne alley sorry it's nocturne nocturne Alley. alley yes so we had a lot of gang members in my hometown. Um, and so near my middle school, there was some lower income housing that had a lot of gang members too. And so you'd see a lot of, you know, shoes over the over the telephone wires and you'd see certain graffiti symbols and you'd, you'd pick up on what they were, but you definitely knew where to go and where not to go, especially like at night. So I used to have football practice at, at like, you know, my middle school. And as soon as it would get dark, you're like, yeah, we got to get home. Um I remember I was walking once. It was like a spirit day at school. So I was dressed up in, I don't know, spirit fucking world. spirit world. <laughs> I was dressed up in like, you know, green and white colors and whatnot. And I was walking to go to McDonald's with my friends. And these, uh, this bus of kids come out and one of them said something to me. And I was like, ah, whatever, man. And then all of a sudden there's like 15 kids. And I'm like, oh, we're going to die. <laughs> um, luckily, I just said, hey, man, we're just going to McDonald's to get nuggets. And the guy was like, all right, whatever, man, forget you. And I was like, holy shit. So, yeah, it was, uh, we definitely had areas like that that you could see and you could pick up on some of the graffiti for sure. But nothing like uh, tattoos on the body. I mean, she was very observant of that. I think my years of loss prevention would, I'd be like, uh, this doesn't add up too well. Right. I just look at shoes. Shoes yeah. tell me the story that I need to know. <laughs> shoes and strawberry milk. I kid there you, you go. not. Yeah. It's crazy. Well, the Blade reboot from Marvel Studios starring Mahershala Ali is set to begin production later this year. Uh, How big is your hype level for this upcoming film? Oh, boy. I am so excited. I am full pitch in a tent right now. Um, It's I love Mahershala Ali. I've raved about him. We did Moonlight on this. Absolutely love the guy. I talked about him being in. um, uh, What's it? Jaws. Rambo. True Detective. True Detective season three. Sorry. Absolutely love him. You know, it'll be interesting because he's been in some action movies like he was in Predators, but I'm wondering how much he's going to train for Blade. I'm sure he's going to he's going to train a ton because he's I feel like he's just a guy who doesn't half ass things. And so I'm sure he'll get just like super ripped. Um and just be an incredible badass. But he's just such a phenomenal actor that, you know, hopefully he can capture what Wesley Snipes did, but then just give this amazing performance. Uh, so, yes, I am very, very excited for it. I'm excited to kind of see what they do because you you don't really have to perfect on Blade. It's such a good movie that I don't really know what else you can do other than maybe some of the comic lore. So uh, 100% excited on, and fully on board for this one. All right. What letter grade do you give this movie? Uh, blade oh my god a it's it's got to be an a uh, probably not an a plus but uh definitely an a i absolutely love this movie um and you know i think it's like we said earlier it's the first marvel film and it's crazy that it came out in the 90s and it it gained popularity de- like you know a decade later right like it was cool but then once iron man came out 
people were like, oh yeah, what about Blade? Remember that? And it didn't it didn't really fit in like anything like like before. But uh, I think it's 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 fascinating too that David S. Goyer went from this movie to do more kind of somber melancholy films like Batman Begins and and uh, Man of Steel. He definitely has a style about him, but I absolutely enjoy uh, how he writes. So. All right, that's fair. Yeah, I I, I give it a one hundred percent a. Yeah, I love Blade. It's 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 one of my favorite action movies ever. Action movies, really? That's mm-hmm. that's a bold statement, Cotton. I love. I didn't say it's my favorite. I said it's one of my favorites. <laughs> it's not like number one, but uh, I mean, like uh, trapped on an island kind of thing, and I can only have a handful of movies. I would definitely be toying with the idea of watching Blade for the rest of my life. I like the music a lot too. It's just so fun. It's all techno-y and just crazy. Like, you know, shit's going to happen and really, really good. I, I love the sword battles. I think those are super fun to watch. Um, and they, they pull it off with style. So yeah, it's great. I agree, man. I, I think it is so awesome. I like when he's in his car rumming around Los Angeles. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I like his little layer. Uh, like it's like in the Footloose Factory kind of thing, and yeah, I just I dig it. I love everything about it. Like it is comic booky, but it's done in a way that's very stylish, and I just enjoy the shit out of it. And it's so gory. I mean, it's just such a you know. It's interesting because I'm almost curious on on if this is if this could be considered a horror film because yeah, you know, it's about vampires, but it's a comic book movie, but it's 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 very creepy at at moments, and it's very gory so i don't know what your thoughts but would you maybe consider it or put it in the realm of being a horror film too yeah i mean i think it's a like it's a horror comic so yeah it makes sense i mean it's a hard r it's super gory um it's you got scared as a kid so i I think that that classifies (laughs) as a horror movie nothing it's just research Ah. yeah i fucking hate that part so much it's gross it is so gross but yeah, yeah, yeah. just kind of like 30 Days of Night, that that style, you know, real dark and, and, and gory, like how a vampire movie should be not not glittering when you go out into the sun and climb trees, that kind of stuff. Right. Well, I mean, like Interview with the Vampire, I don't think is a horror movie, True. but it has vampires in it and it has a few like freaky moments. But that's more of like a, a tale, you know, like a like a like a. A biography it's kind of interesting it's it's done differently it's not it's not a, a story that's meant to scare you it's more of a story to uh, pique your interest right yeah i agree and they take that source material and kind of give you the vampire lore and, and get get you all sexified with with antonio e Banderas and all the right. other pretty people but this yeah, one is definitely different it was more like yeah like what 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 happened when he became a vampire? What changed? You know, he had given up on life. He'd lost his his wife and child, and he was ready to no longer be on this earth. And then he was born again into this life. And uh, while some would say it's a gift, it is a, definitely a dark gift. It's a curse, and it took some. It took hundreds of years to come to terms with it. So it's more of a journey than it is, you know, an action or, or horror movie. Well, and they, you know, they, they touch on that too, like with blade having a gift, right? Like he's a day walker. And so he can, he has all of their strengths, none of their weaknesses, but he wants to get rid of it. He wants revenge, but then he wants to get rid of it. And ultimately at the end, he realizes, Hey, I'm going to use my gift for good. So 
I think that that along the same Release line the is, is so great. Yeah, <laughs> Popeye's chicken is the shiznit. So, but um, yeah, he. I, I think it, it's great that he's able to recognize that and then just rule ass everywhere. I will rule you. Yeah. Stupid Diamond Dallas Page allergies. What do you want, you boob? <laughs> Now, have you seen Blade 2 and or Blade Trinity? And if yes, uh, which order would you rank these three films from best to worst? Oh, yeah, I've definitely seen all three of them. So, I mean, it, it sounds it sounds kind of, I don't know, arbitrary, but one, two, three, because one is is really what sets it off and kicks it off. And it's just it's so great. It, it, I'll admit it's been a while since I've seen two. And I do remember not liking it as much. Um, but I think when I saw it more and I watched some videos on it, it's a very underrated sequel. Um, I mean, Del Toro did it, which was incredible. Right. And you have those, the really awesome vampires that are like the hybrid, excuse me, the hybrid the homeless, ones, that, the homeless hybrid vampires, yeah, their, their mouths like open and it's all crazy and they're fighting the vampires. You know, the enemy, the enemy is my friend, that kind of thing so cool and then ron perlman's really good in it too um yeah i i, I really enjoy blade 2 and i i need to rewatch it actually i know it's on hbo max uh, hbo max and then number three is, is just awful blade trinity i mean i saw it in theaters i own it i, I liked it because triple h was in it and ryan reynolds was in it <laughs> but, but it's awful it's dude it's, it's theaters i own yeah. it i have cardboard cutouts of yeah, all the cast but i hate it it's really bad. Um, uh, Dominic Purcell, I think he plays Dracula. He is just so like we talk about Ronda Rousey phoning it in for Sonya Blade. Dominic Purcell is fucking phoning in as Dracula. It is very boring. And I don't know if you know the history behind that, but apparently um, Wesley Snipes was really upset with the director of that movie. Like they were not they were at, on terms where they weren't talking. So he would at times only communicate with the director through post-it notes and he would sign them as Blade. Like he would just stay in character. And then there were certain scenes when he just would not listen to the director. Like he was supposed to open his eyes in, in one scene. Uh, I can't remember. He's like laying on a table and he's supposed to open his eyes. Wesley Snipes refused to. So they had to CGI eyes opening on him. Wow. It was uh pretty crazy. They had to fix it, fix it in post. Um, so yeah, I mean that, that movie was, was, was doomed from the get go, but yeah, one, two, three is my order. What say you? Yeah, I, I would say that that's probably mine too. I do like Blade Two a lot. Um, I think that it's you know it's it's Guillermo del Toro and he has a very fun way of just world building, and uh, I'm definitely a fan of of Blade Two. Well, and he um, uses a lot of cool creatures too, like in most of his films, and I, I think the makeup work for those homeless vampires is so rad in Blade Two. And I think I think that Blade Two kind of helped him make Hellboy. Uh, mm -hmm. and I think even Hellboy two, which is even super cool because like they have, like they have like that goblin market and everything like that. Like it just opened up this whole other world that I feel like all kind of exists in the del Toro universe. Like there's something that's very similar to, to the Hellboy two world and pan's labyrinth and even blade two to where I just feel like it's all kind of connected in my own weird way. And it's, it's nuts. And I really, yeah. really, really, really wish that he had done the Hobbit movies uh, the way that he wanted to do them uh, instead of Pete Jackson kind of taking over. Oh, man, that would have been so cool. 
There have been yeah. a, lot, a lot of homeless vampires in that movie. But. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. He's just he's just fucking cool, man. I love everything that he does. And even even stuff that is like a miss, at mm-hmm. least he experimented and he tried something different, you know? So mm-hmm. I can respect that. It's pure nightmare fuel, but I absolutely love it. And I think he's just such a good storyteller. So Pan's Labyrinth is, is fantastic. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, do you have any final thoughts on Blade? No, um, you know, yeah, we, we, we've done a lot of vampire films or we've done a decent amount. And I think it's it's so interesting because they all can have different interpretations. And I mean, there was that time after Twilight when just a lot of vampire lore was out there and you could do various things with it. But and they've had some really interesting dark ones throughout the years. Um, what we do in the shadows, I think, is the best example. That's another of, one. We've done yeah. four vampire movies. Yeah. I what forgot we do, about that one. Exactly. What we do in the shadows is the best example of of how they can how they twist the genre because they make fun of all of those i mean they're doing you know interview with the vampire they're doing twilight they're doing um oh gosh what else i guess not lost boys but oh dracula like bram stoker's dracula that kind of stuff they they have the various types of of vampires and it's it's so well it's it's perfectly executed in my opinion and it's hilarious so I think that that's really great that you have all the iterations. Um, but this movie just, just, uh, it's so fun. It's such a fun movie to put on and watch. And it's, I can't believe it's only two hours. Like I, I actually wanted it to be longer cause I wanted more fights. So. Yeah. I was thinking maybe I should just bring a broom down here for, <laughs> you wanted to sweep up some of the skeletons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, a fantadol. That's good shit. Yes, absolutely love this movie, man, and I'm glad we did it. Sweet. I'll take it. Take us out. Cool. All right. Well, thank you uh, for listening to... I can't do your, <laughs> your voice. <laughs> oh, yeah. Have you ever seen... <laughs> have you ever seen a, a man, a woman, or non-binary individual conduct themselves <laughs> I, I like that in one. a suspicious <laughs> way that led to you to believe they are a creature of the night? Yeah. Um, there you go. I don't remember all of it. It was long. That's I great, to, though. I had to practice. A non-binary creature. <laughs> <laughs> they don't identify as vampires. They don't identify I as creatures of the individual. Night. I said I individual. Love I love it. Love it so much. So, all right. Well, thank you for listening to the Don't Be Crazy podcast. Please remember to follow us on Twitter at dbcrazypod, at edgyarmo, and at zachdale60, where you can share your thoughts with us, and we'll discuss them on our show. Uh, please go to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Pandora, uh, Amazon Podcast. Give us a five-star rating if you like the show. It really, really helps us. If you don't like it, give us a whatever-star rating. But guess what? We're amazing, and so are you. Um, you know, you can even tell us what movie you think we should watch for our next episodes. Please also be sure to check out the Geek Legacy podcast with David, Randy, and Justin, as well as the Pixelated podcast with Stephen K. James. Just please don't be crazy. Thank you for listening. Thank you so much. Have you seen...